Um, I expect that I may do some testifying, if that's all right with you, beloved. But more than this, we will certainly pray that the Holy Spirit will lead us, that the Holy Spirit will teach and will speak, and that the word that you hear tonight will not be from Marcia, but will be from the Lord. So we pray, Almighty Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would indeed have your way in this hour. Do whatever you desire to do, Holy Spirit, rule and reign, flood, and saturate this atmosphere with your anointing, with your presence. What a powerful message we have been entrusted with, a topic to speak the word, amen, the word of God, and we thank you. God bless each and every one of you in the name of Jesus. Lord God, have your way. Hide me behind your cross. Do whatever you desire to do and be glorified. I pray for the hearts of your people, Father. In Jesus' name, you know what every heart needs, what every soul needs. Meet every need exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. The power you say, O oh God, of life and death is in the tongue, and we speak life tonight. We speak love tonight. We speak forgiveness tonight. We speak mercy tonight. Have your way and be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good evening to you, beloved, and welcome to the third night, as Dr. King said, of our week-long revival, the topic, Speak the Word, Praise the Lord. The, the man of God on Monday just came and brought a powerful message, and he delivered it, and I'm still listening to it and replaying it. God bless you, man of God. And last night we had, glory to God, a beautiful minister who spoke so eloquently and passionately and we thank God for her on her message on speaking the word. Tonight I'm going to do the best that I can, and don't forget to come back tomorrow and Friday and hear our other two beloved pastors who will be with us ministering as we come together. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, to give God glory and to allow him to have his way. Well, God bless you, beloved, and welcome if you're on Facebook. Uh, you will need your Bibles. We'll be looking at several scriptures on tonight. Let's get into the message. Amen. We're going to the book of Genesis. We're going to talk about Joseph just a little bit, and we'll be in the Gospel of Luke. So Genesis, we're going to start off there, Genesis chapter 50, verses 19 through 21, and then we're going to go to Luke chapter 6 at verse 45. Let's start at Genesis, beloved, Genesis 50, verses 19 through 21. And the word of the Lord there says, Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. He spoke kindly. Joseph spoke kindly. He's speaking to his brothers in the text who had sold him, to the Ishmaelites, to the traders. He's speaking kindly and comforting his brothers with words of kindness. And we want to talk about that on tonight. And then in Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 6 at verse 45, and the word of the Lord there reads, read this with me, beloved, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, 
and an evil man out of the evil treasure out of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of his heart a man speaks. It is also true that a man speaks out of the abundance of his heart. When he speaks, he speaks out of what is inside of him. Glory to God. These are our scriptures that we want to focus in on tonight as we speak the word of God. Glory to God. I want to start off with uh, something I was looking up this week about the power, according at least to uh, psychologists and communications experts, of our speech, of the words that we speak. And the Bible makes this clear, but perhaps it might be uh, it might make a little more sense to some of you tonight. Just listen to what this says. Glory, there is a uh, doctor who is a neuroscientist at Thomas Jefferson University, and he, along with a Mark Robert Waldman, who is a communications expert, collaborated on a book entitled Words Can Change Your Brain. And in this book, they write, and I'm quoting, a single word, listen to this, a single word has the power to influence the expression of genes that regulate physical and emotional stress. The words that we speak have the power to influence the expression of genes, what is on the inside, our physical health, these genes that regulate our physical and our emotional stress. And they go on to say, concerning negative words and concerning positive words, and concerning negative words, this is what they say, negative words cause stress-producing hormones to flood our system. They prevent certain neurochemicals from being produced, which contribute to stress management. Those negative words, the, the negative things that we can say can cause stress in the body, can wreak havoc on our physical and our mental health. Positive words, on the other hand, alter how our brain functions by increasing cognitive reasoning. They kickstart the motivational center of the brain. And finally, allowing negative words and concepts into our thoughts cause stress-producing hormones to flood our system. And stress, beloved, can kill. Stress can make us sick. The words that we speak, amen, the Bible says, Power of life and death is in the tongue. What we say, what we say has the power to cause us either to be sick or to be well. The power of life and death is in the tongue. What we're saying about our situations, what we're speaking to our brothers. And in the text for tonight, Joseph, glory to God, Joseph has, has been betrayed by his brothers. You know the story of Joseph. Joseph is the dreamer. Glory. Joseph has a dream of greatness and of grandeur, and he tells his brothers and his family, and his brothers envy him. The Bible says they, they envy him because they know that his father favors Joseph. His father favors Joseph, and his brothers hate him, and they envy him, and they plot against Joseph, and, and one of his brothers says, well, let's kill him. Glory. Judah, Judah said, hallelujah. Reuben says, amen. No, let's, let's kill him. Let's, let's do this. Let's take him out. 
Reuben says, no, don't sin against him. Don't sin against this boy. Judah suggests that Joseph be sold to the Ishmaelites, and he is, for some 20 shekels of silver, 20 pieces of silver they sell their brother. Uh, In the story of Joseph, we see conflict resolution. We see betrayal. We see rejection and attempted murder. Attempted murder. Joseph's brother, brothers tried to kill him. We see jealousy. Joseph is left for dead, and he is outnumbered by his 11 brothers who come against him because he is favored. His father loves him, and the Bible says that the father loved Joseph because Joseph was the son of his old age. Joseph also He and Benjamin were born to the same mother. The other brothers, the other ten brothers, were born to other women. And and is it right? Is it right that the father should favor Joseph and love him more than his brothers? Or favor Rachel over Leah? Is that right? But the Bible says that Joseph was favored and loved by his father because Joseph was the son of the father in his old age. Now, as parents... Gloria, and I have three children myself. As parents, we shouldn't, right? We shouldn't sow the favoritism to one child over another child. We should not do that. But the Bible says that Joseph was the favored child because he was the son of Jacob in his old age, of Israel in his old age. And the father... Jacob sends him out to the field and says, go see about your brothers and how they're doing. And he goes, and he brings back, the Bible says, a negative report. Joseph has dreams. Have you ever had a dream about anything? Have you ever had a dream about something? And and people can look at you and think that you're arrogant or that you're proud. or That people can look at you and hate you for the dreams that you dream. When you see and you know that you're better than this, There's got to be more for me than this. But this is not all God has for my life, that I may be in the ghetto now, I may be in the hood now, but I see into my future, and I see a home, I see a house on a hill. Look, and you can't tell everybody your dreams. You can't tell everybody your dreams because if you're in the hood and you go to somebody else in the hood and say, you know that house on the hill, I'm thinking about getting that house, and people can hate you. Because of the dreams that you have. Because you know, yeah, no, there's, there's got to be more for me than this. There's minimum wage. No, there's got to be more for me than this. And if you're working at McDonald's, you can't go to somebody else at McDonald's and tell them, you know, I'm going to buy some stock in this company. And I'm going to have these managers who are getting on my nerves. I, I'm going to have them serve me. You can't tell everybody your dream. Joseph doesn't know that he's the youngest. And he tells his brothers the dream that he has. But his dream is defined. It comes from God. And maybe sometimes he may, maybe you want to share it with somebody, but you can't tell everybody what God has shown you. You can't share that vision. You know you can't for what God has shown you because his brothers now want to kill him. And they will take Joseph. They, they see him coming. They, say, they see him coming. Here is his dreamer. 
Here's a treatment. Let's kill him. Thank God for the one brother who has some sense and said, no, no, don't, don't let, we can't kill him. He's our flesh and he's our blood. And yes, we hate him and yes, we want him out of the family and we want to get rid of him and we're sick and tired of him. He's the youngest, he's the baby of the family. Maybe he's spoiled, but sick and tired of him and all of his dreams that he's going to be great one day. He's going to get out the hood one day. She's going to own her own home, get the house on the hill, own her own business. We're sick and tired of him and all of their dreams. Here comes Joseph, and they see him coming and throw him into the pit. Take the coat that his father gave him, dip it in blood, and say, we'll tell our father that an animal must have done this. Do you know how long this lie has gone on? For Joseph, as you know how long his brothers have left him and pretended as if they have no brother at all. As the Bible scholar says it has been some 17 years that has gone by from when they left Joseph in the pit to when they see him in the palace. That's a long time to be separated from your family members over a dream. A long time not to have communication with your brothers and your sisters over what God has shown you. It's a long time. You know how many, how many family celebrations, how many barbecues, how many Christmases, how, how many Thanksgivings, how many times we sat down and had dinner and taken family portraits, and everybody is there except for Joseph. And his brothers can for 17 years keep the lie alive, never mind the dream, they keep the lie alive that Joseph, Joseph must have, an animal must have came and taken your son they can look at their father in the eye and lie to him about his child. He must be dead. We don't know what happened to him. And they can keep that lie going for years. How many times has the family come together and taken a family portrait and Joseph was absent and nobody cared about him? How many times have they sat down and broken bread and having fellowship together and Joseph wasn't there and nobody said, wait a minute, wait, where's Joseph? How many relatives have come by and said, what happened to your other son? Time goes on. The lie goes on. What about Joseph yearning for his brothers? To be reunited and reconciled. He harbors no resentment in his heart. He has no, no vengeance, no death wish for his brothers. Even though as he's promoted to the prime minister of Egypt, he has the authority and the power to execute them if he wanted to. Joseph harbors none of those feelings. He has no, no vengeance in his heart. He doesn't wish them any ill. The Bible says here when they come to him. He speaks, Joseph speaks kindness to his brothers. How do we speak that word of kindness, beloved? How do we, we speak that word of kindness and forgive and, and speak a word of comfort to those who have tried to kill us? This is a, 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 an attempted murder against Joseph. Left for dead for 17 years. Family just going on like there never was a Joseph, like he was never born. They just want Joseph out of the family because he dreams too much. He's his father's favorite. But our father in heaven gave Joseph the dream. Our father in heaven gave Joseph the dream. The dream is divine. God loves everybody. Reuben wasn't loved any less than Joseph. Benjamin wasn't loved any less than Joseph. 
God gives gifts as he pleases. He gives gifts. He has compassion on whomever he wants to have compassion on. He gives gifts to us as we are able. And all the years that have gone by, and no one has ever said, wait a minute, where's Joseph? When his birthday came the first time, the first year, and the second year, and the third year, no, nobody ever asked about Joseph. And they just go on as if, as if nothing has happened, as if they've done no wrong. How do you smile in your father's face and pretend that you have not killed your brother and left him for dead and don't know what happened to him? The Bible says that Jacob mourned for his son as a father would mourn for any of his children. He mourned for his son. The other son, the other brothers just looked right at Jacob and kept right on going. Like there was nothing wrong with what they had done. And yes, maybe Joseph shouldn't have said his said what he said in his dream, and maybe he shouldn't have came back with the report and made it a report about his brothers. Maybe he shouldn't have done that. But was it right for them to attempt murder against their own flesh and blood? Genesis, a book that we're in, uh, uh, the book that we're in, the book of beginnings. We see this this fratricide of Cain and Abel. We see the hatred amongst the brothers. Glory to God. We see the hatred amongst the brothers. You know how far we could be as a people if the brothers could just get along. If the brothers could just just drop the nonsense and come together. How beautiful it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Do you know how how far as a people we would be today if the brothers just stuck together and worked it out and weren't so jealous and envious over who's going to be who, over who's got what gift, over who has what dream, over who has what vision, over who sees himself planning a church and starting a ministry, who sees himself walking in his divine purpose and reaching the divine fulfillment of that purpose that God has intended for him and for each and every one of us. Do you know how far as a people we could be if the brothers could just get on the same page and talk about it and work it out? Joseph just left for dead. How many brothers have just been left for dead? How many brothers have just been left in a pit, left in prison, left in jail to rot? If we could just come together. If we could just come together. If the brothers could just come together and work it out. So time goes on. 17 years, a long time. You have to wonder how Joseph felt the loneliness and the isolation and not being included in all of the family celebrations, not being remembered, not being a part of his family. 17 years. No one asks about Joseph. Time just goes on like they have done nothing wrong. Joseph has taken... Into Potiphar's house, you know the story. He's taken into Potiphar's house and he's put second in command. Glory to God. God is with you. God is with you. The process that God has for us, that sometimes it's painful and it's lonely and it's hurtful and we suffer. And family members can be envious of you and jealous of what God has shown you. Sometimes it is lonely and it's hurtful, but throughout all this time, God is with Joseph. God is with him. He goes into Potiphar's house. He's put in second in command. Joseph can interpret the dreams, and he's chosen to interpret the dreams. 
Joseph is in prison, and while he's in prison, he's still running the show. Glory to God. Glory to God. He's still running things, still in charge. Hallelujah. God is with you. No matter where you are, he showed me something, sis. You understand, I, I had a vision and I had a dream, and yet here I am in the pit. Here I am in prison. Here I am apart from my family. They're celebrating and laughing and having a joyous time year after year after year, together as a family. And Joseph, the outsider, is in another country in prison, away from his family. Nobody asks about Joseph, but God is with Joseph. God is with him, and God is with you. So Joseph is, is in charge while he's in the prison. And Joseph is placed in a position of administration where he sees that there is going to be a famine for some seven years, and he tells Pharaoh what is to be done. And so they store the grain, and they have so much of it that when that famine comes, they can sell to all of the neighboring countries, and Egypt becomes richer and richer. And when this happens, the father says, let's go down to Egypt and buy some food, lest we starve, lest we die. And they go down, and they, they, go down and they buy grain. And Joseph will see his brothers again after all of these years, after his rejection, and, you know, it's a form of human trafficking when they take Joseph and put him into the pit and then sell him to the Ishmaelite traders and walk home with 20 pieces of silver, just as Jesus betrayed for silver. It's a form of human trafficking when they can just sell their brother from one band of traders he sold to the Ishmaelites, then from the Ishmaelites he sold to Pharaoh. Glory to God. After all of this, after the treachery, after his pain, after his, after the lies about him and about his life, after their jealousy, after he's left for dead, he's outnumbered, after their deception, when they come to see him, glory to God, Jesus, when they come to see him, now the Bible says, we just read it, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Therefore, the mouth speaks out of the abundance of the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart. What is in Joseph's heart after all this time? What is in your heart, beloved, after all this time? After you come through your go-through. After they have rejected you and hated you and lied on you. And spread gossip and slander about you. What is in your heart after all this time? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Because there will come a time now, after all of these years, the brothers may have think that they have just gotten away with it, you know, but it finally catches up with them, and it will catch up with them sooner or later. It finally catches up with them. And they go, and they have to see Joseph. Joseph doesn't ask his brothers for forgiveness. He never asked them in the Bible for forgiveness. He never says, I want you to apologize. You know, what you did to me was wrong. I was, I was so hurting. Joseph was homeless. Uh, he left in a pit uh, to die by his own brothers. Just out there. Uh, no one to, to, to care for him or to ask about him but God. Thank you, Jesus, but God. Uh, come, come on now. You can look over your life. Uh, I know there's something, something happening. You can look over it today and say, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Now, we can't afford to speak negatively about our own experiences, about our own walks and journeys with Jesus Christ. 
because we just we just read it right that the word from the psychologist from the neuroscientist that says when we speak those negative words or allow them to come in and to and to corrupt our thoughts it causes stress and stress kills and I ain't dying for nobody I'm not dying for nothing nobody did to me amen is that where you are I'm not going to hell for nobody I forgive you I forgive. It was good for me that I was afflicted. Thank you to what others meant for evil. God meant for good. Joseph speaks kindness to his brother. How do you speak kindness to somebody who's tried to kill you? And they come and see you. How do you speak that word of kindness, that word of comfort? How do you tell Reuben and Benjamin? How do you tell Levi and your brothers? Go. How do you tell Judah? How do, how do you tell them amen? You know what? Don't even worry about it. Don't even matter. I don't care. I don't care about what happened. Joseph speaks kindness to them. He He's covering for them. Love covers a multitude of sins. Joseph is covering for them when he speaks kindness to them so that they don't have to bear this shame any longer of what happened in the past. They are walking around afraid to speak to Joseph. Now, when all this first went down... But it all happened in the beginning, way right back when, when Joseph was a young boy, he was just a teenager. They couldn't speak kindly, the Bible says, to Joseph because the dreams that Joseph had. They couldn't say a kind word to Joseph because of his dreams. You have dreams and you have visions. Amen. Because their father loved him so much, they couldn't say a kind word to him. His father made him a coat. Of many colors, and Joseph wore that thing proudly. Wear that thing proudly, amen. Your father bless you and give you, let your light shine. You're not supposed to be the child of God that you are. Let your light shine because somebody else don't like it. Somebody else is jealous or envious of you. Let your light shine. They hated Joseph. Hated him. Wanted him out of the family. Didn't want him around Y'all, we got to do whatever we got to do to get rid of this boy because I'm sick of him and his dreams. We're sick of him and how he's telling us he's going to be greater than us and his superior attitude. Sick of him and how daddy always paying all the attention to Joseph. Joseph come down here and see about us and go back and tell our father something negative. Even if he was sent by our father in the first place, he could have lied. And, you know, he could have stood up for us. He, he could have, you know, Joseph, you could have looked out for a man. You could have looked out for your brother. They hate Joseph. Joseph is sent on the mission by his father. Now, he's done what he has been called to do. He did what his father asked him to do. He did what his father asked him to do. He was obedient. And he said yes. He didn't say no. He didn't run and hide from the responsibility. He didn't say, I will go and then not go. He went, and he did the will of God the Father. And now, as a result of obeying his Father in heaven, he's in a pit. He's sold. He's in prison. These things are happening to Joseph, separated from his family. Beloved, if, if family don't mean nothing to you, then maybe Joseph's story won't mean nothing to you. But when you, uh, you uh, but when you love and you want reconciliation with your brothers and your sisters and your family members, and you want to be there for Christmas, and you want to be in that family, can you imagine you had a family portrait hanging up in the house and all your kids are there, you taking a picture with everybody except for Joseph? 
the baby of the family. When you love your family, you, you want to be there for Christmas. And y'all having a party or a barbecue in the backyard, y'all got some burgers and some dogs on the grill, I want to be there. You having a get-together, I want to be included. You taking a family portrait, I want to be there too. I want to be a part of my family. I want to be there with my brothers and with my sisters. Joseph hasn't seen them in years. Years have gone by. What's Reuben doing? How's Levi? How's Judah? How's everybody doing? How's my father? Is my father alive? Joseph don't even know if his father is living or dead. His family don't mean nothing to you. And Joseph's story won't mean a whole lot to you. It may not have any impact on you. But a family means something to you. Can you understand? Glory. When Joseph sees his brothers, not only does he speak kindness to them, the Bible says he weeps. You know what weep means? He just The Bible says he weeps. To weep, that means to be well or to bemoan. Joseph feels it to his bowels. He's crying out in anguish. He desires to be reconciled to his family. They are walking around afraid to speak to Joseph because they don't know how Joseph, after all these years, is going to act toward them. Joseph says, the Bible says Joseph spoke kindly to them and he comforted them. He said, not only am I not seeking any vengeance against you, I don't want to hurt you for what you have done. You don't have to feel this guilt about it anymore. I have no vengeance, no bitterness, no anger, no hostility in my heart toward you at all. Joseph speaks kindness to them. He sees the providence of God in this whole thing. He sees the providence of God. Joseph says, look, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. He sees the divine providence that all things work together for the good of those who are called by God and who love God. He sees that God is sovereign, that God had a plan. Yes, God had a plan to save, amen, to save the family. Glory to save the family, to save the nation. Thank you, Jesus. And out of the 12 tribes of Israel, out of Israel, out of Judah would come the Messiah, Jesus Christ. God had a plan. It was bigger than Joseph, and it was bigger than his brothers. In fact, his brothers were just just active participants called by God. It was intended by God that his brothers should throw him into the pit because he had to get to Egypt. And if Joseph hadn't been in Egypt administrating the crane, if Joseph hadn't told them the plan to, to store up everything, there's going to be a famine. His family, his father and his brothers could have died. Joseph saved their lives. His planning, his obedience, his listening, his allowing God to mold him and to guide him and to direct him. And Joseph, you did what you were called to do. I know it hurt. I know it was painful. From your own brothers, your own blood. I've got good God. I, must say, I know it hurt. Your family hurt you, Jesus. When your family has stabbed you in the back and leave you for dead, I know it hurt. But God had a plan, and it was bigger than Joseph. It was bigger than his brothers, amen. When we come up to the text, beloved, the Bible says Joseph spoke kindly. And so we want to speak words of kindness tonight. We want to speak a word, a, a positive word. 
Amen. Be Joseph, our type of Christ. Joseph, the shepherd of the sheep, aided by his brother, stripped of his clothes, sold for the price of a slave, taken to be Egypt where he was tempted, falsely accused. Joseph bound. Joseph condemned. Joseph left for dead. He wept for his brothers and he forgave them and he saved their lives. Just as Jesus. Just as Jesus. And the word of kindness that Jesus spoke on the cross after he too was hated and rejected and despised glory. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Jesus wanted to be reconciled to his brothers, to the nation of Israel. He said, you know, my God, how often I have wanted to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks. He wept for Jerusalem. He cried over Jerusalem. Decide more than anything, even as the Apostle Paul, who said, look, I'd be willing to be cut off from all of this if only, if only Israel, amen, Jesus. If only Israel, if only the brothers and sisters, if only the children of the Most High God could just get it right and serve Jesus Christ. I'd be willing to be cursed and cut off from all of them if they could just get it right. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Jesus spoke and said, glory to God, forgive them, for they know not what they do. How do you speak that word of kindness? How does Jesus do it? How does he speak forgiveness? Jesus teaches us in his word to love your enemies, to pray for those who spitefully use you. Okay, sis, easier said than done. Glory. Joseph sees the divine providence in all of this that it was God's will, that it had to be. And he accepts that. He accepts that the, the lot is cast into the lap, but the decision is from the Lord. That was Joseph's. That was Joseph's call, what he was called to do. Now, we're not all, amen, called to do what Joseph did. But Jesus teaches us in his word to pray for those who spitefully use you, to bless your enemies, to love your enemies. Amen. And tonight, we want to speak that word, and I know it can be difficult, beloved. I know it can be that somebody hurt you and, and, and really b- betray you and reject you and lie on you and stab you in the back. And the seasoned saints know, you know, this too shall pass. Amen. God will deal with them sooner or later. But if you're going through this, as Joseph is going through this, amen, if you're going through this, and you need a little help tonight forgiving someone, letting that go. I pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, your Holy Spirit would just speak to that individual who needs your help letting this go, speaking the word of kindness to those who have wronged them. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. God will deal with them, yes, Yes, sooner or later, but vengeance, the Bible says, is mine, says the Lord. I will repay them. Joseph speaks the word of kindness. And tonight, we just want to speak that word, amen, of kindness. Come on, say it. I forgive you, amen, and then even we got to practice and rehearse saying it until you really mean it. I forgive you. Just say it right where you are in Jesus' name. Speak that word of positivity into the atmosphere. I forgive you, amen, in Jesus' name. I forgive you. I release that word in the name of Jesus. I release it in the name of Jesus. Just keep saying it, amen. I forgive you in the name of Jesus. 
God bless you. In the name, the Lord be with you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. They come to Joseph. And Joseph says, you meant evil against me. Now, Joseph ain't denying what his brothers have done. You meant evil. Yes, it was intended for evil. You meant evil. You meant to kill me, to leave me for dead, to drive me out, amen, in Jesus' name. But God meant for good to save lives as it is this day. And now Joseph has this position of authority and power, and he could have, if he wanted to, he could have, uh, he could have taken his brothers out if he wanted to. But Joseph went into another room by himself, and he cried, glory, glory. After all the years, he sees his brothers again, and he has no inclination in his heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. His heart is tuned into God's will. The, uh, the Bible says that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. He turns it whatever way he pleases. Joseph speaks the word of kindness, and he cries in another room. He cries uh, deep tears. He weeps. This is a man, a grown man, who's weeping for his brothers. He's crying in anguish, pouring out his heart unto the Lord. It hurt him deep, amen. Cut him deep, amen. Cut him deep, glory. You meant it for evil. You meant to hurt me, to betray me, to sell me, to get rid of me, to get me out of the family. You meant to do it. You intended harm. That was your intention. But uh, uh, better than this, God meant it for good. God meant it for good. God meant it for good. Glory to your name, Jesus. Come on, speak that word. It was good for me. It was good for you that I was afflicted. Because if you hadn't put them in the pit, if you hadn't sold them, you wouldn't be alive right now. You wouldn't be alive right now, Jesus. It was good for you that I was afflicted. It was good for me. Joseph's heart is tuned into the Lord right now so that he can speak that word of kindness. He understands that it's God's will. He understands that God is sovereign. Joseph understands that the Lord established his throne in the heavens. His sovereignty rules over all. He understands, just as Daniel, that God does according to his will in the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And no one can ward off his hand or say to him, what have you done? He understands this. He's on the potter's wheel. God uh, molds him and shapes him whatever way he desires. His heart is in the hand of the Lord. He takes it and he does whatever he pleases. And he says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. He intends it for good to save lives and lives are saved. And Joseph says, not only am I going to speak the word of kindness to you, but I also am going to provide for your little ones. I'm going to take care of your family. I will take care of your children. I will take care of your grandbabies. See, if you're not a family man, amen, this won't matter. But Joseph, ah, Joseph is a family man. He says, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of your sons, of your daughters, of your babies, of your grandchildren, of your children's children. I'm going to take care of the family. My family didn't take care of me, but I'm not going to hold it against you. I'm going to take care of you and your family, and he comforted them, and he spoke kindly to them. They meant it for evil, but Joseph can speak the word of kindness. Now, Joseph had two children. Joseph wasn't always like 
say men. He says, no, he had a son, Manasseh. Manasseh means God made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. He gave birth to something, had a son that made him forget all about the trouble he had in his father's house and the trouble he had with his brothers. He moved on with his life. Forget all about that. It's behind you now, Joseph. You got a new job and a promotion and a career and you got your own family and you're doing well and you're doing fine. I thought all that was behind me. I thought it was all in the past. I thought I had to deal with them no more. You fill in the blank. I thought I had to deal with those anymore. Okay, I didn't think I had to deal with the brothers no more. But it was all behind me. But here they are before Joseph, and they need something to eat, and their children need something to eat. And if they don't eat, they won't live. If there's no bread, they won't live. Joseph's got the power in his hand to do whatever he wants to do, but his heart is tuned to God. I can see Joseph telling his brothers as he speaks before them, I missed you, Levi. I missed you, Judah. I missed you, Simeon. I missed you. I wanted to be there at Christmas. I wanted to be there at Thanksgiving. I wanted to be there. I wanted to be with you when y'all was out running, when you when y'all was hanging out as brothers, and we could have. So much time has gone by. So much time has gone by, and maybe you you think, well, Joseph, you don't miss so much. I mean, you know, everybody's grown now. They they they, they got kids, and they got the kids got kids, and you don't miss so much, Joseph. Joseph says, "All right, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of your children." And I'm going to take care of your family. And he does, too. He does, too. Joseph, take good care of them. Take good care of them. Don't hold it against them, beloved. Don't keep them hostage to what they did in the past because they, they, they have shame and they have some guilt about what happened. And wouldn't it be easy if we could just wipe the slate clean and act like it never happened? And Joseph, don't say nothing. Don't bring it up again. As long as you don't say nothing about what I did to you before, Joseph, we'll be cool. As long as you don't bring it up and, and remind me of what I have done, and we'll be, because I'm nervous now. I don't know how Joseph is going to treat me when I see him. I know that I have dogged the brother out. I'm going to have to see Joseph sooner or later. Don't hold it against him, Joseph. Don't hold it against him, Josephine. Amen. Don't hold it against him, beloved. I'll take care of you, and I'll take care of your children. Because family, good or bad, is still family. At the end of the day, we're still family. Now, y'all don't dog Joseph. You have, you treated him like a dog. People treat treat their pets better than you treated Joseph. Treat their dogs better than you treat than you treat your own brother. People treat their pets good. They treat their dogs good. They buy them dog houses. Glory to God, they buy them jewelry and clothes, take them to the doctor when they get sick, make sure they're fed, take them to the nursery. If they're going to be out of town, no, you care for my dog. Doggy daycare, you care for my dog. I'm going to be away for a little while. Make sure the dog has what it needs. Treat animal better than they treat their own brother. Why would you want to go back to that family, Joseph? Oh, how do you know you can trust them this time? How do you know they're not just saying this? How do you know they're not just talking? You need to test them and make sure that's for real. Jesus says, Joseph says here, glory. I am going to provide for you, 
and for your little ones. And he comforted them, and he spoke kindly to them. Speak the word. Speak that word of kindness. Speak that word of love. Speak that word of forgiveness. Holding on to bitterness, beloved, as we know, uh, it just does damage on us. The negative words, allowing that negative energy, those negative concepts to consume our thoughts causes stress, and stress can kill, and you ain't got no business dying for nobody who says something negative to you. Live! Let that negative stuff control your thoughts or keep you bound or hostage or in prison because of what somebody did to you before. When it was all in the purpose and in the plan of God, in order that lives might be saved, in order, Joseph, that lives might be saved, they meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And when Joseph understands that, and when we understand that God is sovereign, that he does whatever he wants to do, and that we have done what we have been called to do, that if they do it to the greenwood, they will do it to the try. When we understand that God is sovereign, that he sits in the heavens, glory to God, and he rules over all, when we understand this, when our relationship with him is tight, when your relationship with Jesus is tight, and you're in prayer every day, Every morning, beloved, in prayer with him, just spending to spend time with Jesus. Come on the prayer line with us on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5.30 a.m., beloved. Or pray in your own prayer closet, wherever you may be, in the privacy of your own home. But pray, pray, stay in relationship. Keep your relationship tight with Jesus. When your relationship is tight with Jesus, and Reuben come and talk smack, and Judah come and talk some nonsense, and your brothers or your sisters or whoever it may be, your whole Jesus says the enemies will be those of a man's own household. Glory to God. Glory to God. When your relationship with Jesus is tight, uh, you know that, you know what? When all this is said and done, and I go home, and I'm before his judgment seat, I want to hear my Lord and Savior say to me, well, good, well done, my good and faithful servant. Oh, no, I ain't going to miss that for nobody. I'm not going to allow what somebody else did to me not to cause me not to forgive them. Amen. I'm not going to allow anybody to mess up my relationship with Jesus. If I got to get down on my knees and say, Father, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for telling the dream. I'm sorry. Amen. If I acted like I was better than anybody else, I'm sorry. I miss my brothers and I miss my sisters. I miss my father. I miss my father. Is my father alive? This is what Joseph says. He don't even know if his father's alive or not. I miss my family members, and I know it's behind me. I know it is, but I miss them, and I love them. And Joseph speaks kindly to them after all the hell they have put this boy through. He speaks kindness to them. He understands that it's God. He speaks the word. So speak that word. Love your enemies. Pray for those who spitefully use you. How many times? Glory to God, Jesus. It's 490 by now. It's got to be 490 by now. 70 times 7. Speak the word of kindness. Look, they 490 times. up, Jesus. Speak the word of kindness. Speak the word of kindness. The word of love. Love covers a multitude of sins. Ain't nobody got to be a doormat for nobody. 
Just because you're a Christian don't mean you got to let people walk all over you and treat you like a dog. It don't mean that. But here Joseph understands that God is able his providence that led Joseph into Egypt. It was all a part of God's plan for Joseph and for the nation of Israel and for each and every one of us. It was all part of God's plan. They meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And when we understand that, as we walk with Jesus Christ, amen, we too can look those same enemies in the face and say, I forgive you. I missed you. I love you. It's over. It's over. It's over. I won't talk about it no more. We don't need a mediator. We don't need an arbitrator. We ain't got to go to court. You ain't got to call nobody. It's over. That's it. It's over. I am going to provide for your family, and I'm going to take care of your children. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And Joseph speaks the word of kindness to them. Speak the word of kindness. God will give you the grace to do whatever it is he has called you to do. His Holy Spirit will lead you, will guide you. He will give you the grace to do whatever he is calling you to do. And everybody else might look at Joseph and say, I can't believe you, Joseph. After all those, after all those, after all those did to you, you just going to forgive and, and, and let it go. And you got power and you got authority. Now you can speak the word. You can speak a word of judgment. Come on, you could say, Lord, let it, you know, fire and brimstone rain drop down on them. No, no, no. Joseph just say, look, it's over, y'all. Y'all ain't got to be walking around afraid to speak to me because you don't know how I'm going to act towards you. Speak to me. Call me. Speak to me. Talk to me. Y'all have my number. Call me. It's over. I'm going to take care of you, and I'm going to take care of your children. I missed y'all. I missed y'all so much. You have no idea. I wanted to be included in the family gatherings. No, I just heard Joseph that his brothers were out with their father as a family for all these years, and Joseph was not. But God was preparing Joseph. God had a plan for Joseph's life, and he has a plan. For each and every one of us, he has a plan to give us a future and to give us a hope. And if we walk with Jesus and follow him, trust him, and obey him, the plans that he has to give us a future and hope will surely be manifest and come to pass. And I want to pray with you right now, beloved. I want to pray with each and every one of you. In the name of Jesus, before we close, dear Father, we thank you for this message on tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you, Father. I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that you would heal that hurt in Joseph, in Josephine, in your sons and in your daughters who have been rejected and betrayed, left for dead who have been in this human trafficking, in this pain, uh, who have been uh, outnumbered. 
Heal that hurt there, Father, in the name of Jesus. Bless your sons and your daughters. Pour out your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Throughout it all, you had a plan, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And I want to say I'm sorry if I've complained against you, if I didn't want to walk in the direction that you had for me. If we have wanted to give up and throw in the towel and say, no, this is too much, you get somebody else to do this. Lord God, strengthen us as your servants, as your sons and your daughters, to walk in the direction that you have for us. We want to be obedient to you, Lord God. Speak for your servants here. We can't do nothing without you. We need you, Jesus. Heal that hurt there, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Heal that hurt, Father. Help us to see as you see, to love as you love. In Jesus' name. And bless our family members, those who have sinned against us in any and every way. We pray your forgiveness, Father. We release the hurt to you now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for healing, for times of refreshing, for your spirit to fall fresh. In the name of Jesus, on each and every soul, have your way. You will be done in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you, beloved. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, somebody. Come on, say hallelujah. God is good at all times. Praise the Lord. He's good at all times. Thank you, Jesus. Speak the word of kindness. Speak a word of kindness to somebody on tomorrow, that, that boss that you can't stand, that just get on your nerves and say, good morning, how you doing? Praise God. You look nice today. Amen. And you know you, sometimes you might walk away, you might be mumbling under your breath, but you just keep on doing it. You'll get it sooner or later. Praise the Lord. God bless you. It'll come naturally, and you'll mean it sooner. Just practice on them. Amen. Just practice on somebody on your job that you can't stand. Just, you know you can't. Good morning, sis. How you doing? You look well nice today. And you walk away. You don't mean it. Then do it again the next day. And keep fake it till you make it. Amen. And Jesus, the Holy Spirit will help you, beloved. The Holy Spirit will help you. Yeah, amen in the name of Jesus. I, I'm so thankful to have been a part of this week's revival. God bless each and every one of you, and thank you for your support of this ministry. Thank you, Evangelist Raverna. God bless you. Thank you, Dr. King. God bless you, Apostle Underwood. God bless you. And each and every one of you who have called in to listen on tonight, speak the word of kindness. Amen. I was joking that the last few statements I made, but uh, the Holy Spirit rests on you and bless you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow night. Uh, one of the other pastors, I'm, forgive me, I'm not sure who's on tomorrow night, but one of the other pastors here will be speaking uh, on tomorrow night, Thursday at 8 o'clock, and we'll have someone else again on Friday. So God bless you, beloved. May the grace and the peace and the mercy of the Lord be with you. Amen. And his peace rule in your hearts. God bless you. I love you. And I thank you. In Jesus' name, glory to God. Amen. Have a good night.